didn't think you needed that mariachi cover of Nirvana in your life? Or that bagpipe version of Don't Stop Believing? Well, you're welcome. This is Cover Me on Feedback. Much like Jeff Bezos, Steve Jobs, and even Bill Gates before him, Ray Padgett found a way to fill a hole in America's soul that we didn't even know we had. I was really wondering where that was going. (laughs) You did not know that you had a need for covers, strange and wondrous, to be satiated by this young man. I was saying earlier, CoverMeSongs.com, that is a, just call it RabbitHole.com, because I have yet to go on that site where I haven't just like looked up and been like, I've been here two hours. I got shit to do. <laughs> CoverMeSongs.com. Uh, Ray Padgett is here with the covers of the month and the best cover songs from 1969. Some I just, off the top of my head, saw and I was just like, I forgot that existed. The four tops, I forgot that existed. Yeah, well, if you are worried about going down a rabbit hole, I wouldn't start the uh, Our Best Covers of 1969 yet, because it is a ranked list of 50, so it uh, it will take a while. I've been working on it for months, and it's just been, you know, every year I like to do one of these retrospective anniversary best of things. Some people might remember I did 78 last year and was on the show talking about, you know, a bunch of disco and punk, so that was fun, 87 before that, 96. So, you know, in the progression, now we are at the late 60s, which was really interesting because, one, there are so many covers coming out in 69. This database I used had over 3,000, and I listened to them all. Um, And then also what was interesting is that so many of them, the majority are covers of songs that came out within the last year or two. Like, you know, songs, Beatles songs especially, just just had just come out and hundreds of people are covering Hey Jude within like six months of its release, Light My Fire, I mean, all sorts of songs. Um, many bad, but some great. So I, I dug through it all and uh, we've got the 50 best, some very famous, some very obscure, and some in the category of, you know, famous, but you probably didn't know there were covers. I must correct myself because Matt loves to point out my uh, imperfections. It is uh, no covers of the month this month. We're getting gypped. But we're it's, getting, only, it's only we're September getting mo- 18th. We're getting we don't more know what 69. the best covers of the month are. Thank you. We will, ne- next time I will uh, I will have covers of the month once the month has completed. Uh, more of 1969. All good. <laughs> An hour's not enough I could for do the it. best covers of 69, man. We need we need the whole hour. It's true. I've got we've got this Patreon, you know, and I'm giving supporters there a bonus playlist with another 69 covers of 1969. So there wow. really are really are a lot. So there, there's a plug if you want even more. Uh, support us on Patreon. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's start. I was I was you know should we start with famous? Should we start obscure? I think I figured let's get maybe the most iconic cover of 1969 out of the way right off the bat. Iconic for a reason. It's one of the best uh, and probably been discussed a lot with the Woodstock anniversary. This is Joe Cocker. Um, He, like a lot of artists who are just releasing a huge number of records, he released two albums, both of which included a whole bunch of great covers, um, Dylan, other Beatles songs. But, you know, sometimes, like I say, the most famous is also the best. So, Joe Cocker, you've heard it, uh, but hear it again. It's worth re-listening to with a little help from my friends.
What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Oh, baby, how So I, uh, this was one of the chapters in my book, and so I interviewed some of the people who were involved in it. And my favorite story, there are a lot of good stories about this one, but I think my favorite story, I interviewed uh, Tony Visconti, who you know later became a famous producer for Boeing, but at this point he was just like a 20-something engineer, you know, very, just getting a start. Um, and he told me that to get that vocal, they had you know recorded it again and again, a million takes, and it was fine, but it wasn't what it needed to be. And so the producer, Denny Cordell, decided to hang the microphone a foot and a half above Joe Cocker's head. So he had to tip his head way the hell back to sing it, which is just terrible on your vocal cords, just awful. So it basically shredded them. Then they made him sing it again and again, and it got rougher and rawer and more passionate every single time. And that's what you hear. And by the end, he like couldn't even talk because his vocal cords were so messed up because he was tipping his head back to sing to a mic a foot and a half above his head, which is just, I love that. That's really cool. <laughs> Although I'm sure insanely painful they couldn't get him a ladder <laughs> no they wanted they wanted that pain to get that grit they had they could have got or like a lazy boy recliner yeah there you go <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be a, that would be a different sound or much more mellow one perhaps holy smokes um all right well actually i'm glad you mentioned the four tops because i thought there were so many beatles covers maybe we'd just stick with the beatles for a second um and and let's do that four tops song this is another of the many great Beatles covers of uh, 1969, the whole list could have been Beatles covers, but I tried to diversify. Um, but I just, I just love this one. And this one, I, I think I'd heard it, but I didn't know it particularly well um, until re-listening for this. So this is the Four Tops doing Eleanor Rigby. Waits at the window, laying her faith that she keeps in a job out the door. Who is it for? All the lonely people. Where do they all? Come from all the lonely people. Where do they all belong? I look at all those lonely people coming from everywhere. There's just, there's just something about Levi Stubbs' voice. Even when he sings a happy song, it's just, it just has this pain in it. Yeah, which makes it perfect for Eleanor Rigby. But I, I mean, I, I think the backing singers, they're almost, the other tops almost steal the show. I just love that. People, people, those echoing vocals are just so cool. You ever hear the Aretha one? I think it's live. She's like, I'm Eleanor Rigby. And it's like 120 beats per minute. It's insane. Yeah, that came out one year uh, later in 1970. Yeah. So this was, this was in between. Ray Charles had done it the year before. Um, and his version shares some overlap with the Four Tops, so I imagine they may have been somewhat inspired by that. And then in turn, they may have somewhat inspired uh, Aretha's the next year. Um, so, like I said, Aretha's didn't come out until 1970, but she did release some covers in 1969, including uh, this absolutely wonderful version of uh, the Glen Campbell song, Gentle on My Mind, which uh, I just, it's from her album Soul 69, which is a great album, part of her, you know, right at the height of her Atlantic success. Um, and so I had to pick from a number of covers to choose from, but this was my favorite, Aretha, Gentle on My Mind. 
Yeah, I, I just—it's it, an amazing cover. Um, one sort of trend of '69 covers I had not thought of, though it makes sense, is Glenn Campbell. His songs were covered every five minutes. Uh, Isaac Hayes, his famous "By the Time I Get to Phoenix," was in '69, and that's like what, like 12 minutes long, too, eight, something like that. Eight, 18, <laughs> even longer. It is insanely long. And then Wichita Lineman was one of the most covered songs uh, of '69. It just was covered constantly. Yeah, and the Aretha version is just—it's unrecognizable. Yeah, so here's the here's the Glenn Campbell version. Yeah, Aretha, talk about making it your own. That makes me tend to leave my sleeping bag rolled up and stashed behind your couch. And it's knowing I'm not shackled by forgotten words and bonds and the ink stains that are dried upon some line. That keeps you in the back roads by the rivers of my memory. It keeps you ever gentle on my mind. Man, you wouldn't even know they're the same song. Yeah. yeah, I was just thinking, what is it that we love about covers so much? I mean, like, when they're like that, when, I know we say they make it their own, but I, that's when you love it. Like, I, it, it's so strange, I think about, I'm I'm looking at a bunch of Cars covers right now for um, my first wave show on Saturday is going to be all a Rick Ocasek mm-hmm. tribute, and so many people cover the Cars so faithfully. Yeah, you know they really they're looking for that new wave sound or whatever, and it's just like it's so not interesting. I know I get submitted covers of for some reason Drive especially gets covered all the time, and I, it's a great song, so I'm always very excited. And usually I'm kind of disappointed because I'm like, yeah, it's a great song. And it still sounds like a great song, but it sounds like a great song. And the way the car's recording sounds like a great song. Yeah, and it's like not too much further than how I would cover it <laughs> as me, you know. Maybe uh, you should. Right, but but it's it's like all the ones you've played so far, they all have such personality. Beyond, I mean, especially when you think of Joe Cocker, it's so, as you played that one, I thought to myself, they may as well be two different songs, even though it's, they have the same lyrics. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny that people, are, you know, are always asking me, you know, for covers that are better than the original or like various websites do like cover battles, mm-hmm. which is better, which is sort of interesting. But I love the ones like, you know, the Joe Cocker one where the Beatles with a help from little help from my friends is a great song. It's not like there was something wrong that needed to be fixed or improved or it was fine as is. But if you make it, you know, do something totally different, they can both coexist. I mean, you could listen to them back to back and not get bored because they're so different. And I think that's true for pretty much everything on this list well i appreciate the uh the four tops one too because they put it through as they did everything the motown filter and the beatles their favorite music was motown they loved motown so i'm sure they were like i really like this one you know so (laughs) 
Yeah, it's like full circle. You know, their first albums include all sorts of Motown and Motown-esque yep. covers, and now then Motown is is paying tribute. There's actually a couple compilations. I think it's called Black America Sings the Beatles yep. um, that are picking up on all sorts of, it's not just Motown, but a lot of it's Motown covers often from the late 60s and then Otis Redding and people like that that are really worth checking out if people haven't heard them. Um, this is actually sort of in the same vein. Um, moving from Motown a little further down south to Al Green, uh, this is a cover he did of The Letter, and the whole cover is great, but there is this one specific moment that just puts it over the top for me, and I love. So I want people to listen for it. It's a little subtle, but at the line, um, you know, give me a ticket for an airplane, got to get back to my baby again. Um, listen listen to how he, how he hits the end of that line. Um, I won't say any more, but just li- listen to... Listen to the words he says in his version. Give me a ticket for an airplane. Ain't got time to take a fast train. Here it comes. So if people miss that, because it's subtle, it took me a few lessons before I, I picked up on it. He's, you know, as you as you I'm sure did hear, he's he's vamping, he's singing around the words, he's making up his own words, all sorts of things, uh, left and right, and he sort of traps himself at the end of that line. The line is, got to get back to my baby again. He sings, uh, got to get back, get on back to my baby one more again. He, like, realizes he's trying to say one more time. He realizes that he's not going to hit the rhyme, so he just blurts out, one more again. Yeah, no, no, that... <laughs> That Which was, I just find hilarious. That was a, that was an R and B trip. Like one more, one more again, one more again. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think I think it's wonderful. Uh, I love that they that they kept that in. I love that he's he's having so much fun that he's just you know sort of semi making up the words as he goes along. <laughs> They're rough, roughly the same, but you know he's he's tweaking them left and right, and I just think uh, it's sort of a wonderful moment. Good stuff. Ray Patches here. Coverofmesongs.com is the website. Uh, these are the best covers of 1969. Again, what was it? How, how old was Alex Chilton? 14 when he did this? Smoking those filterless cigarettes to make his voice sound like... <laughs> he should have just sang to a microphone a foot and a half above his head. <laughs> got to get back to my baby. Gone the days are gone. I'm going home. My baby me a little. So good. All right. So I want to I want to change genres here, but uh, the, 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 the theme is... Um, People not knowing the lyrics entirely uh, in a much more extreme way. This is Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash. In, in 1969, they had this marathon recording session together from which only one song was ever released. Uh, the, the Girl from the North Country uh, remake that opens uh, Bob's Nashville Skyline album. But the whole thing is leaked, and there's like hours of, of the sessions of them jamming on Johnny Cash's songs, a few of Dylan's songs. A lot of covers, including this one, where they don't really know the words. Um, it's a traditional song called Careless Love, and 
Bob definitely doesn't know the words. Johnny sort of kind of knows the words, at least for part of it, but then he starts forgetting them. They eventually just start making up the words as they go. Just the irony that Dylan would be confused about somebody else's lyrics. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, it, it, it's so I half-assed. I understand them. It's just What's like, he saying? Yeah, right, he can't. It's not clear what I'm... Uh. <laughs> So I so this the whole the whole session is is sort of fun um, and this just epitomizes it. It's like the sound of two iconic geniuses basically just dicking around, uh, which which I love. It's great. So this is Bob Dylan and Johnny Cash, kind of sort of singing "Careless Love," and you'll hear Johnny sort of prodding Dylan along. Love, oh love, oh careless love. Give me some love. Oh, love, oh, careless love Love, oh, love, oh, careless love Won't you see what you love has done to me? Sing one now, Bob. Give me a verse. I pass my window, pass your window Pass your window Your window by. And this is back when studio time and tape cost a fortune. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and they're just sitting in there for hours. They had the money, just sort of making it up as they go. <laughs> you wonder if Cash, like, Cash knowing he doesn't know all the words and knowing Dylan doesn't know all the words, just sort of to be like the bust his friend was like, give me, you go, Dylan. I your love turn. What, I love when he throws it to Dylan. He's yeah. like, you take it, Bob. Uh, give me a verse. Yeah, that's what <laughs> he I starts, mean. Then he starts feeding him lines one by one. Holy smokes! That's funny. Oh, that's amazing, dude. Yeah. I know. I, I love. I love that. I got such a kick out of that. And it goes on for seven minutes, which sounds like an interminable length for two people who don't really know the song. But it is just so joyous to sort of eavesdrop on this session. By the way, totally uh, eavesdropping. Tamara yes. Freeman on Twitter. Uh, Ray Paget makes me so happy. That makes one, two, three, four, five, several of us. Um, all right. Well, hopefully this one uh, will make you happy, too. It's sticking in the Bob Dylan vein, uh, but now it is a cover of Bob Dylan um, and by people who do know the words. Uh, 27 of those people, in fact, uh, a gospel choir from Los Angeles called the Brothers and Sisters. They released this amazing tribute album uh, in 69 called Dylan's Gospel. Um, very obscure, but the, uh, the cool uh, vinyl reissue label Light in the Attic dug it up uh, a few years back. And reissued it. Um, and the whole thing is just amazing. Um, it is this sort of amazing gospel take on a variety of Bob Dylan songs. And it was sort of hard to pick pick which one to go with. But I ended up just, I couldn't get enough of this version of All Along the Watchtower. Uh, partly because it is a rare version of All Along the Watchtower that owes little debt to Jimi Hendrix's version. I'm not even sure there is an electric guitar. I was trying to listen to tell if the band has one. They may, but it's certainly not prominent. Um, it's just all about the voices here. So this is the brothers and sisters all along the Watchtower.
I took him to church on that for sure. It's it's amazing. It's just amazing album that you know, sort of time forgot until a few years ago. Um, and it turns out that it actually has some sort of impressive people on it uh, before they were famous. Most notably, Mary Clayton. Uh, and this was just a few months before she would go in the studio with the Rolling Stones to sing Gimme Shelter. Um, I don't know if she's the lead vocal. I couldn't. I think there's no records. I uh, couldn't figure out if that's actually her on the lead vocal. But she's in there. She's one of the 27, um, which is sort of amazing. Just, you know, a random studio singer sort of struggling in Los Angeles only a few months away. Uh, from becoming wow. famous in her what own a cool right. Cool tidbit. I know it's and it's amazing. It does amazing. sound like it could be her. I, that's what I was thinking. Is it might be? I mean, it definitely sounds like her. But I think I, I looked all over and the reissue notes. I think they just don't know. It's, wow, it's so obscure at this point. Were you were you checking the right spelling? Was it M E R Y? Maybe I should relook. <laughs> all right, a lot more to come from Ray Paget. It's the best covers of 1969. We'll be right back on feedback. There must be some way out of here Say the joker to the thief You're listening to Feedback with Nick Carter and Lori Majewski I can't get no relief Businessmen, they drink my wine Plowmen dig my land Shining a spotlight on the lesser-known covers and cover artists This is Cover Me on Feedback Marco Benevento joins us uh, in the fishbowl at Sirius XM uh, live about a half hour from now. He's going to play a couple of songs for you. In the meantime, Ray Padgett, always a little slice of heaven to see him. CoverMeSongs.com is the website. Uh, the book also, you got to check that out, the Cover Me book. We're uh, going through the best cover songs of 1969. All right, so let's go to um, sort of an in-between cover that I love. This is uh, Proud Mary. And this, when I say in between, it is, of course, originally a Credence Clearwater Revival song and then uh, soon to become an Ike and Tina Turner song. But there is this in-between version, which was reasonably big at the time, but has been, I think, eclipsed, especially by the Ike and Tina cover, uh, by Solomon Burke. He was really the first to turn it into a a soul song, um, even before Ike and Tina, even including to the point, which we'll hear a little of, uh, adding a spoken word intro, a, d- a different one than, than Tina's, but you know that the sort of template is there um, in 1969, and he in fact says that he told Ike Turner, "Hey, you guys should uh, should cover this song." So he really is the bridge between the Credence version and uh, the Ike and Tina Turner version. So this is Solomon Burke, "Proud Mary." A lot of you folks would like to know what the old proud Mary is all about. Well, I'd like to tell you about her. She's nothing but a big old boat. You see, my forefathers used to ride the bottoms of her as stokers, cooks, and waiters. And I made a vow that when I grew up, I'd take a ride on the old proud Mary. And if you'd let me, I'd like to sing about it. Looking for a job in the city. Working for a man 
See, that's the genius of Solomon Burke. If you're if you're not up on Solomon Burke, Jesus, cry to me. Let me wrap my arms. I mean, he was just such a genius. And the thing is, with the exception of his plaintive R&B vocal, it's a rock song. That could very easily be, you know, not necessarily Credence themselves, but, you know, a band of that ilk. It's a rock song. Until he starts wailing over it. He had said, I'm paraphrasing, but basically that he loved the song, but... It sounded like a white song, and he wanted to make it a black song, um, which, again, is sort of the bridge that leads you to Ike and Tina Turner's version. It's As you say, it's sort of rock, and it's sort of soul, um, and it, it makes the connection. I've, there's this great quote I wrote down because I really loved it. John Fogarty, in an interview, said uh, about this cover, 2,000 miles away, this man had crawled right up inside my head to learn what Proud Mary was all about. Sure, it's great when someone sings your song, but when he understands it, you listen like it was the first time. So I just I that that's all you re- you really need to know is is John Fogerty saying that about about this Solomon Burke cover. So even though I Tina's was you know much bigger at the time and I think certainly much bigger in you know people's memories, that Solomon Burke version is so good. It, yeah, it shouldn't he, be. Forgotten. He never became huge, huge, uh, but you know just one of the greatest finds Ahmed Erdogan ever. I'm telling you, Solomon Burke, that guy will change your life. I saw him once live at Bonnaroo a decade or so ago, and it was just amazing. He has the, this massive gold throne that yeah. he comes out and he sits on, and he's in like a you know double-breasted suit. Because he's like 700 pounds. He he's 700 pounds, down. but then he's got all these, he's got a full bouquet of red roses that the entire time <laughs> he is handing out to women in the crowd as he's singing one by one. It was amazing. Love that guy. How very Engelbert of him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Engelbert at least still moves around. Like Solomon Burke, literally looked like Jabba the Hut in yeah, better he clothing. Moving, but he, he, but he sounded he boy. sounded great. I mean, he, up until the end, he was releasing good albums. Um, all right, so this is uh, let's okay. This is one of the most obscure songs on the list, which is saying something because they're all <laughs> a lot of these are really obscure. Um, but this is a group called Vampires Sound Incorporation, and this is sort of emblematic of another trend about 1969 covers I learned um, that I had not known, which is that the number of instrumental versions and even instrumental albums covering paying tribute to the Beatles or Bob Dylan or whoever was just overwhelming. And they're mostly kind of boring. It's a lot of the lounge tribute to X sort of thing or, you know, finger picking tribute and they're pleasant sort of background music stuff. But there's a few instrumentals that really blew me away. And this is a totally instrumental band. Um, called Vampire Sound Incorporation, which did this cover of Satisfaction by the Rolling Stones that is just trippy and weird, and it's it's not background music. You can actually listen to it and enjoy it, even though there's no lyrics. So this is Vampire's Sound Incorporation. Watching um, To Sir With Love last night. Shout out to Michael DeBar, who is like 14 years old in that movie. And at the end, they're like, how do you celebrate the end of the semester? We dance, sir. And they do these like <laughs> kooky, like, you know, 60s dances and everything. Like it. the Watu- the Batusi. 
It sounds like that. It's so that cover is so 1969, which I love about it. <laughs> and speaking of movies, I'm glad you mentioned movies because I, I also wrote this down. This is maybe the greatest first sentence of a Wikipedia bio for a band I've I've seen researching these things. Um, ready? The Vampire Sound Incorporation was a psychedelic rock band best known for providing the soundtrack to the 1971 West German erotic horror film Vampires Lesbos. Oh, <laughs> So, for all you fans of West German erotic horror films out there, you probably do know them. Maybe they're not obscure. I've actually seen that. <laughs> that movie's insane. So that's that's their claim to fame. I would say a bigger claim to fame, although it's not in the first sentence, is that Quentin Tarantino later used a different one of their instrumentals in the Jackie Brown soundtrack, which to me sounds like a bigger claim to fame, but not according to Wikipedia. Um, let's do one other instrumental. Um this is this is the I think the highest ranked instrumental. So my favorite instrumental cover of the year. And this is just amazing. It's Rossan Roland Kirk, uh, the jazz saxophone legend, uh, the man who would play with two play two or three saxophones at once. Which if you haven't seen that uh, YouTube it or look up a, even a photo is sort of amazing. He's got you know one hand on each sax just <laughs> harmonizing with himself. Uh, he released this eight minute cover um, in uh, 1969 of I Say a Little Prayer. So this is Ross on Roland Kirk. They shot him down to the ground. Oh, well, we're gonna say a little prayer for him anyway. Gonna say a little prayer. Gonna say a little prayer. Is that him playing the two saxes at once? There, I think so. <laughs> That's insane. It's the guy's amazing. Uh, I love that cover. Uh, it just blows me away. And and the uh, that intro where the, he, I assume he is yelling. You know, they shot him down. They shot him down. Um, which could refer to Martin Luther King or, or JFK. Uh, sadly, it could refer to a number of people if you're yelling that in 1969. Um, but sort of, and they says, you know, so we're going to say a little prayer for him anyway. So it makes this, you know, sort of a political song give a little political uh, tint. Um, and it's just, it, like I say, it's all, all eight minutes are amazing, really powerful. Um, let's go to, I mentioned up front that we have some famous covers, we have some obscure covers, and we have some that are in that category of famous, but you maybe didn't know they were covers. Um, and I think this, for a lot of people, probably falls into that category. It's Roberta Flack. Um, her very famous version of uh, a song originally written by Ewan McCall and performed by uh, his wife, Peggy Seeger. Uh, the song is The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face. The first Your face 
She's just perfection, man. Something about that woman. That recording is one of my favorites of all time. It's it's easy, it, easy. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Even no matter how, one of those, no matter how many times you've heard it, you know, um, I'm sure everyone listening to this has heard it before. But if you just sit down and listen to it again, it still blows you away. The one person, and the fun fact I learned about this, the one person who didn't like it or any other version of this song was the song's writer, Ewan McCall. His daughter said he had a, a special section in his record collection of all the covers of the first time ever I saw your face, which he called the Chamber of Horrors. So, uh, great songwriter, but uh, bad taste in covers of Chamber his own of Horrors songs. inside the enormous house that that fucking song bought him. Yeah, right. You dingus. <laughs> and not because of Peggy Seeger's version either. Seriously. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, talk about having your cake. This is nice and all, but... I mean, just by comparison, it just... just, Honestly, by comparison, it just... It sounds like emotionally constipated, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's a nice song delivered adequately, but it took Roberta Flack to really make it make it what it was. Um, and it's, but I, I, I it usually, usually it, whether a songwriter likes the cover or not, if it's famous, they sort of pay lip service to liking it, partly because it's making them a lot of money, partly just, you know, for good PR. It looks, it looks good uh, to say you like the song. So I always kind of get a kick out of when a songwriter goes around bad mouthing. Oh, that's like <laughs> famous that, covers. That's like that song. famous story of Dolly Parton, you know, uh, meeting Whitney Houston somewhere and saying, I, I just so love what you did with my song and Whitney, you know. My, my song. It's my song. Your song. It's my song. Because she's so gracious that that way. Yeah, right. Trent, Trent Reznor didn't like Johnny Cash doing Hurt at first either. So wow. it, it does it does happen. Wow. Um, all right. Let's go to... Oh, let, oh, I want to play this one for sure. Rotary Connection. This is um, a, a sort of psychedelic gospel soul group that uh, didn't last long at the end of the 60s, but they released uh, this amazing, amazing covers album just called Songs. It includes covers of Respect, a few covers of Cream, um, all of which sound totally different um, than the originals. Um, And this is a cover I just love of The Weight by the band. gospel group they're like they, they mentioned nazareth <laughs> so you know they're in gotta be a gospel song no that's right i mean that chorus is really something bless you and like the other gospel group i played this also includes a singer who would go on to greater fame minnie ripperton wow was in this band before uh before she went solo so she's one of the they had a few singers um but she's one of them singing those choruses wow um for a very different version of the band, another band uh, who was covered a lot in 1969. Uh, Let's go to this Leslie West cover. Leslie West uh, (laughs) would soon form the group called Mountain, although he sort of had, it was this very sort of odd uh, odd album where it's called Leslie West, but it includes all the people in Mountain, and the album's called Mountain, but the band isn't Mountain, and then 
in Woodstock, the band would become Mountain. Anyway, long and sort of boring and convoluted. Um, but this cover is anything but boring. It is uh, This Wheel's on Fire. Um, and I just, I just, I just love this cover. It kind of like, it feels like it's like sort of practically inventing like sludge metal or stoner rock or something. It's, it's really cool. So Leslie West, This Wheel's on Fire. heavy for 1969 i know right <laughs> it really like i say it really did this mountain really did seem like they were you know ahead of the curve on like that could that could be something that came out from uh, i don't know sleep or some uh some stoner sort of band <laughs> now some heavy band i think it's great um mountain actually were i guess they're still going or they were a decade ago because they released a whole album of dylan covers where they all sound like that and that's pretty cool um, we, actually, Matt wants to take a break, I think. Okay. Yep. All right, let's do that. Uh, Ray Padgett has a lot more to go. We're talking about the best cover songs in 1969. Stick around. It's feedback. If your memory serves you well, we're going to meet again and wait. So I'm going to... Feedback returns in just a moment. to great artists with unique covers of their songs. This is Cover Me on Feedback. Looking to switch up your style? Try a new pair of glasses, won't you? When you change your frames, you change everything. And with iBuyDirect.com, it's so easy. iBuyDirect.com has over 1,000 frames to choose from, starting at just $6. Whether you're looking for a statement piece or an everyday staple, iBuyDirect.com has you covered. They got you, G. They understand the glasses are an accessory, the most important one. Uh, so shop from your couch have them delivered directly to your door. Plus, for every pair of glasses you purchase on iBuyDirect.com, a pair of glasses is going to be donated to someone in need. As a matter of fact, you can even pick the country where they're sent. With 14-day uh, worry-free returns and a 12-month product uh, replacement guarantee policy, buying frames has never been so easy. So go to iBuyDirect.com, pick your stylish prescription frames today. That is iBuyDirect.com. Spell it E-Y-E-B-U-Y Direct.com. Okay. We need Ray Patchett. More songs about Jesus. Praise him. <laughs> I didn't even I didn't even bring in the birds cover of Jesus is is just all right, but oh, it's right. on the list. <laughs> Ray Patchett is here. Covermesongs.com is the website we're going through. Uh, in his estimation, the best songs of 19, or the best cover songs that is of 1969. All right. So we just heard some of the bands. So let's sort of keep it in that 
Sphere with a song the band played with Bob Dylan many times, uh, Like a Rolling Stone. This is a cover by uh, Phil Flowers and the Flower Shop. Um, a dec- <laughs> And Phil Flowers, I did, it, 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 not a lot of info on him on the web, uh, but basically I found out he was a D.C. area soul singer in the late 60s, early 70s, who never really broke out, but had some sort of regional popularity. Um, and I've always said Like a Rolling Stone is maybe the hardest Dylan song to cover for the reason that it's maybe the only one where his original recording is pretty unimpeachable. With so many Dylan songs, you know, the songwriting is great and the recording leaves something to be desired, at least in terms of, you know, giving it sort of mainstream mass appeal. Where Like Rolling Stone sounds great, it was a big hit in his own version. Um, so it's hard to do right, but this uh, this DC soul singer named Phil Flowers did it right. This is uh, Like a Rolling Stone. nice but it kind of lacks some of the urgency like i have a visual in my mind of like go-go dancers and fringe uh, skirts like goldie hahn that's kind of what i like about it it's my favorite cover so far i oh, love it i love when the bass comes in i just i love the like yeah, in the beginning I, that's that's my favorite part <laughs> it's like that that i've played i played it on here once before but that billy stewart version of summertime which is maybe my favorite cover that's how of all time that's how that one starts too and it's just so exciting and then the drum pop top oh it's so good I, yeah that, and i'd never heard that until i was doing all the research for this i'd never heard that cover so that's that's what i love about doing these these retrospective lists is probably half of these you know i hadn't heard before so I, I learned so much putting these together and it's it's fun to share them yeah passing on the knowledge here is one i knew um I think I said up front, but Bob Dylan and the Beatles together probably mounted for half the covers that were released in 1969. It was it was ridiculous. So there's a lot of Bob Dylan uh, on this list. And here's a very different version. Um, one of my favorite Dylan covers ever, period, uh, is Johnny Winter, the uh, great blues uh, guitarist and singer. Um, he's performed this cover basically his whole life. It became one of his most iconic uh, and best-known songs. Uh, this is, just, but it originally came out before the extended live versions uh, on his 1969 album Second Winter. So here's Johnny Winter, Highway 61 Revisited. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, he's one of the best guitarists and especially slide guitarists ever. But what I love about 
what else, what else I love about him and including that song is I think the vocal performance is so good. And I feel like a lot of these blues guitarists who are so great um, or just maybe guitarists in general, people sort of their their singing ability uh, gets sort of forgotten. But I just think his singing on that is is so good. The original, the Dylan original, it's, it's fine, but it's never been one of my personal favorites. I mean, for me, that's the definitive version um, of of Highway sixty one. And he's he he that one's good, but he extended it even more later. There's this version in nineteen sixty nine that's like twelve minutes long on this live album, and is just fiery it is so good um all right matt's giving us the five minutes so let's see if we can squeeze a couple more in uh, i want to go to levi smith's clefts now levi smith's clefts hard to pronounce um did an amazing 11 speaking of 11 minute songs 11 minute cover of the beatles song you can't do that uh, another one i'd never heard before and a fun fact or a very strange fact at least about levi smith's clefts is that they had 59 musicians go through the group in nine years, not one of them named Levi Smith, <laughs> which is just bizarre on every level. <laughs> Levi Smith's clefts has no Levi Smith, and there appears to be no record that I could find about why the hell they named the band Levi Smith's clefts. Um, the singer is named Barry the Bear McAskill, um, and he's great. Should have called it the Bear's Clefts. Barry the Bear. Barry the Bear. Uh, and you can kind of hear why in his vocal performance. This is uh, a little bit of an 11 minute You Can't Do That. <laughs> A little bit of the uh, the crazy world of Arthur Brown feel to it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just I, it's it's nuts, and it goes on for eleven minutes. He's just bellowing at top volume the whole time. Um, I want to look up see if they've done other covers. Like I said, I'd never heard of the group. I don't think they they only even even with fifty nine musicians, they only ever put out one album uh, in sixty nine, and that that is often I think it took up an entire side of, uh, <laughs> of, of one of the lesser covered Beatles songs. You can't do that. Um, so I want to get to, as I might have mentioned, these songs, I've been jumping around all over the place, but these songs are ranked from 50 to number one on our list. And so I'd be remiss if we didn't play what I put at number one, which was hard. Um, I change number ones every five minutes. Um, but this ended up at the top, and it's one of those that I think maybe people did not realize. I, I'm not sure I realized that it was a cover because the original um, has just been so uh, superseded by the Dusty Springfield version. Uh, this is the song The Windmills of Your Mind, which wasn't obscure at the time. It had been in the movie The Thomas Crown Affair and won uh, the Academy Award the year before in, uh, from the 1968 movie. So it was hardly obscure, but uh, it was it was faster. It just it, it, If you go back and listen to the original by a guy named Noel Harrison, uh, it pales in comparison to this one uh, by Dusty Springfield, The Windmills of Your Mind. When you knew that it was over, you were suddenly aware. That the autumn leaves were turning to the color of his Like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel within a wheel Never ending, all beginning on an ever-spinning wheel 
very of the time. And what I love about it, or a lot, a lot I love about it, what I learned about it is that she didn't want to record it. She said she couldn't relate to the lyrics, and um, Jerry Wexler of Atlantic basically sort of talked her slash bullied her into it. Um, it's off, of course, the Dusty in Memphis, you know, her sort of icon, most iconic album. Um, and yeah, it's I didn't I didn't even know the original. I went back and listened, you know, to make sure. Well, is it even different? It's very different. Um, and I just think it's this sort of amazing song and beautiful, beautiful performance. Always good stuff, Ray. Thank you so much. We've missed you. Uh, I'll yes. be back more this fall. Okay, Marco Benevento next on feedback. Like a circle in a spiral, like a wheel.